0: Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. That's a loud shirt you're wearing there today. It is. It's a lime green shirt. I'm proud lime of it. Lime green, loud. Yep. You can wear whatever you want when you have no video on that's your podcast. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I don't wear pants, but don't tell anybody. Well, <laughs> please continue wearing pants. No, <laughs> yeah. it's good to be with you, man. Uh, I hope things are going well for you. I know it's been a crazy week with all the election stuff, and... Gosh, just where our world is, and we know that uh, we give that to Jesus and know he's going to take care of it. But yeah, we've been talking about a lot of things on here, and we'll get into those here in a few minutes. But, again, I want to just remind everybody about XS90, and if you haven't signed up for the wait list yet, jump on that. You can do that at uh, XS90.com slash John Edwards join Victor and I on that journey that starts January the fourth. We've got the list filling up. There's actually a lot of people that have signed up on it and excited about that and looking forward to walking on that journey with those men towards freedom and just getting away from those indulgences and and some of the vices that we all sort of breed in our lives sometimes. So looking forward to that starting um, in January on the fourth. And also we've we've gotten some new patrons and you know, there's something coming up in a month. It's called Giving Tuesday. And it's something that I want to tell people about right now. We've got uh, a goal of a hundred patrons by that Tuesday, of a hundred new patrons, and part of what we want to do, and, and what I want to, you know, use some of those resources for immediately, is for developing the Messy Catholic. You know, Deacon Jeff and I have talked about that. Some we've mentioned it on here that we're going to have that that uh, show we're going to be doing. We haven't told a lot about it yet. We're in the process of getting all that figured out. But there's things that we're going to need to be able to make it come to reality and fruition. You know, a lot of the electronics and the things you need to film a show. So. Um, those hundred patrons that were that's our goal for that Giving Tuesday anybody that signs up for that and gives whether you become a regular patron or you just give an amount of money we're going to have that up on the site and on social media in the coming weeks but we invite you to really play a part in the evangel excuse me the mission of evangelization that we're trying to, to do here in Pew Ministries with just a guy in the pew and also with the Messy Catholic and some of the other things that we're going to have coming down the pipe the interviews and things like that you know some of those guys need stipends for their time there's there's a lot of things out there that this money's going to go to to he, to keep building um, this just this mission out uh, to to invite people to become closer to Jesus Christ and So all of that that, that's coming up, we'll be talking about it over the next couple weeks uh, as we get closer some different things that we have planned. I'm going to let you in on that that money will go towards. So be on the lookout for that. There'll be some more information coming on that soon. So And for those of you that have joined as patrons in the last week or so, thank you for that. Um, Getting your mugs and your koozies out to you and and your Columbia shirt. We had a Columbia shirt too, so going to get that out there. And as always, we thank you for your patronage and for choosing to spend your hard-earned money and donate it with us, and we're gonna to continue to try to do a good job here for you and make sure that that uh, that money is well spent. So, anyway, so last couple of weeks we've been talking about basically this four-part series that'll end next week, which is, you know, how does a guy start and become and stay a disciple of Jesus Christ? And just to rewind a couple of weeks, we talked about repentance, you know, how the first step we need to have is that true repentance after we become vulnerable, we've talked about that a bunch of times, but how we take that first step of true repentance how That turning away from our old way of life and meaning it, and and you know allowing God to become more important in our lives than we are our very selves, um, and not wanting to offend Him and repenting and turning towards this new life. Well, last week we talked about commit, you know, commitment, committing to that new way of life. Like we can't just repent in the moment; we've got to make a commitment to live that life for the rest of our lives. So we talked about that. I was thinking, well, what comes next? And I had some people actually email in. Well, you know, after we make the commitment, how do we keep the commitment? And that is through living an authentic Christian life, like living a Catholic life. Um, you know, we talked about last week how to keep that commitment going and some things you can you know put in your life. But the main key is you've got to stay authentic in your life, which means I've got to become this person in every aspect of my life all the time. I can't pick and choose when I'm going to be Catholic and when I'm not, when I'm going to follow Jesus, when I'm going to you know live virtue and and when I'm going to live vice. Like when we repented and made that commitment, we now have to authentically live that in our life. So once you've made that commitment and you're living it out or trying to live it out authentically, the devil's going to notice that, right? Like we talk about him on here, like he, you know, and I want to talk about him in the way that, you know, that people realize that this is a real thing. The devil isn't just some figment of the imagination or something the Bible throws in there to, to scare you into living a good life. There is someone who's actively trying to trip you up and trying to keep you from spending eternity with Christ and with God, the father. So once he realizes that you've made a commitment and he sees like that, that chess piece on the board move a little bit as we talked about before and go the other direction. He's gonna take notice of that and he's gonna throw everything he has at you to make you go back on that commitment. And that's where we see a lot of people falter and fail where they have these moments of of I'm on fire and and I'm gonna change my life and it lasts for maybe a week, a month, a little while and then they go back to living the life that they have. We have to, to start living that life authentically and not allow those those snares and those traps the devil lays for us to actually stop us. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I want to talk about today. And and one of the biggest parts of those, I think is the fear. Like when the devil starts throwing all those things at you to make you go uh, back on your commitment, that fear starts to set in, right? He starts questioning, man, if you start to make this commitment and you live it authentically in your life, you're going to start, you're going to, you're going to lose everything, right? Like these fears he puts in your head, you're going to be judged. Like you're going to be the weird Jesus freak guy now, right? Like, Everybody's going to leave you. You're going to have no friends. You're going to be different. You're going to lose even yourself, right? Like you aren't even going to be in control of your life anymore. You're not going to be able to be the same person and have fun. And once you start walking down that Jesus path, it's nothing but rules and regulations. And you're somebody's slave. And and so the devil instills all those fears in you. And it just becomes a problem in our life. And it's what keeps us from living an authentic Christian life. Well, you know, there's a there's a famous kind of a saying of a city that's
1: tourism like what stays in Vegas. You know, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Well, not necessarily. You know, really, there's there's what phones would you right do, well, well, what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to what I'm getting <laughs> to ahead. is that you have to be authentic, like you said authentic everywhere you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you, just because you're with the crowd who is more open to doing other things, you're like, sure. well, I'm not going to be judged. so I can just be myself. That's that's your choice, your decision to act either with virtue or non-virtue you know and the thing is with this whole thing about you know what's what what stays mm-hmm. you know it, it it follows you you know everything you do counteracts and, and creates a, an event for somebody else sure you know something you think is harmless like say for instance if i'm in a rush and i cut somebody off you know i'm okay but what happens if that person I cut off goes in the next lane and hits that person they have a wreck i'm totally oblivious to it sure but i'm still guilty of the action i caused yeah. So, I mean, we have to be very, very, very careful when we go out and we say we're we're trying to be authentic. You know, we we live as best we can to kind of make sure that everything we're doing, again, we don't want to strive to perfection, but we want to work towards it. Mm-hmm. That that we try to
0: kind of feed everybody with love and truth as well, balanced like that, in sure. our whole life. Sure, but we have to actively try to live the thing out authentically. That's like, you know, sometimes we've been on, on my back porch and there's a bunch of us over there and we get to having a beer and a cigar and watching a game or something and father's over there and somebody will drop, you know, drop a, a cuss word, you know, uh, pick your choice of one. And then they're like, I'm sorry, father. I didn't mean to do that in front of you. And I love what he says all the time. He goes, you don't need to apologize to me. You need to apologize to God. Like right, it, He points to this guy. He's he yeah. yeah, he he like, like that and he does that, yeah. yeah, because what he's saying is like, dude, you don't get to like, it's not about being this moment when right. I'm here, being this way when I'm here and being this way when I'm not. This is the way you need to be all the time. And it's not me you should be concerned about. It's God who sees all of this and knows where your heart really is. And so that's what we're talking about here and that's what that fear does. Like when you become when you start living that life authentically and you start worrying about the fear the devil puts in you of like how your life is going to change, you're going to be judged, you're going to lose things, all of that, then like it creates a desire in us to walk in both worlds. You know, like we're trying to be everything to everybody. It breeds a a, a tendency in us towards duplicity and hypocritical behavior, right? And so the next thing you know, you're starting to tailor your life around your group of friends and how you're going to act this way and how you're going to act at work and how you're going to act at church and how you're going to act in front of the priest. And, And it's like, no, we're not supposed to be these multiple personalities, we're supposed to commit to this repentance and and, and and then start living it out in our life and it shouldn't matter who we're around or what we're doing. Now I know that's hard, like I'm saying this as if it's just easy, snap your fingers and do it. I don't mean to paint that picture. It, I struggle with it, I know everybody out here struggles with it, but the point is we can't just be okay with struggling with it, we have to start trying to actively live this. and so. You know when you when you talk about like that duplicity and hypocritical behavior, we all know how Jesus felt about hypocritical behavior, right? Like over the last few months or yeah, you know, a few weeks, we've heard in some of the daily readings, you know what he said. I mean, some of these um, some of these different verses where he's calling you know the the Pharisees hypocrites. In fact, he uses it over fifteen times in the New Testament to describe the Pharisees and the scribes. And so some of those verses, you know, he he says things like you know, do not follow their example, for they preach, but they do not practice. He's basically saying, they're telling you to do this, but they're not doing it, calling them a hypocrite. Their works are performed to be seen. You know, there's another thing where he's taking a stab at them being a hypocrite. Then he says, like, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of plunder and self-indulgence, that's Matthew 23, 25. Goes on a couple verses further. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you were like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are are full of dead men's bones and every kind of filth." Well, like, you can tell that Jesus was not a fan of hypocrites at all. I mean, he called out that behavior all the time, and you have to wonder, why he did like why did he not care for their behavior it's because it wasn't authentic mm-hmm. it's because they were living as show. two kinds of right. a coin right yeah. like okay here comes victor i'm gonna act this way and i holy and stuff but then when i get over here with this guy i'm gonna party and drink and and watch porn and carry on and all this stuff but you know i'm changing like a chameleon to everybody that's around me and we have to fight that urge in our life because jesus it's very obvious that he did not like this he did not approve of it and he called it out in front of multiple people all right, favorite uh, story here about Desert Father. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay.
1: So, talking about authentic, authenticity, um, there was a story. I won't say that the name of the the Abba, but because I can't remember. But I remember this story to where he was praying in his cell, and then like some thieves came by and took everything. You mm-hmm. know, and and in that moment, you know, me as reading, like, how dare they? You know, I'd be so mad. You know, everything I had, you know, they take away, so they they leave, and so. And he sees something in his cell, like like the last like little bag of wheat or or a, a, a kind of a bottle of oil, whatever. He sees it, he grabs it, and he runs after them. He says, "Sons, you forgot this," mm-hmm. and he gave it to him. Now that act is so foreign to most of us, mm-hmm. to like if someone broke in your house, you be like, "Hey man, take this too. Here's a TV. Here, I'll help you load the sure. truck." But what he was doing is that he was showing that he was not attached to anything of this world. And in that story, when he brought that last possession he had to these men, they they repented and they became monks themselves. Yeah. I mean, because, that, of that's, right, because of his authenticity. Because of how he's lived his life. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing is that even the smallest act that we think is so non-visible non um, non-vi- visible by anybody has a way to, to build somebody
0: up in sure. their faith. Well, and it's confusing when you act different ways to different people, right? Mm-hmm. Like one minute he's this and then the next minute he's this and his behavior doesn't match with his words and... You know, he's it's it's like that old saying, every one of us hated of our parents, like, do as I say, not as I do. Right. And it's like that's so backwards, like you're expecting me to act differently than the example you're putting in front of me, which is virtually impossible to do because you're basically my role model and my everything. So whatever you're gonna do, I'm gonna do because it's modeled behavior. Right. It's modeled, it's, behavior, right, right. It's modeled right. behavior. So like we, we forget that sometimes and, and when we're we, we all that's where we always have to live as the Catholics we profess to be. It's a hard thing. But we have to live that way because we're projecting to your point to other people. Well, gosh, is Catholic, being a Catholic, like you know, being at church on Sunday and looking all spiffy and tight and going to everything, and then you know, basically see you out at a bar like laying on the chair on the floor because you're so hammered and da 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 or what any pick any behavior you want that that st- stands aside from what you're portraying, and that's why Jesus hated that so much. He's yeah. like, look, this is this is not what I'm asking you. Like, you have a responsibility and identity, and so. I think that's why it bothered Jesus so much because he was an authentic man himself. Like what you saw with Jesus was what you got. Like it, everybody knew why he was here, what he was telling everyone. He said to act this way, he acted that way. He never there was never a moment where maybe people were confused other than, you know, a couple moments of anger when he kicked over some tables, but that was still in line with authentically living the way that that he, you know, he thought they were disrespecting his father. So Um, you know, we know what was important for him. Like, what you saw is what you got. And people ask me before, and I've done a talk on this, one of the first ones I ever did, was like, if somebody asked you what Jesus' motto was, like, what would you say? And it always took me to John 14, 31. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, the world must know that I love the Father, and I do just as the Father has commanded me. Like, I always just imagine if somebody asked me that, and I told them that, they have a pretty good picture of Okay, Jesus has a Father, who's God. And he's commanding him to do stuff, and Jesus is going to do whatever that is, no matter what. That should be our motto as well. That's the the motto of an authentic man. And Jesus lived that authentically his entire time on this earth. Like even as a child, he was in the synagogue, right, preaching and telling his parents, "Like, did you not know to look for me in my father's house?" Like he he couldn't keep from living that authentic life of of living out his mission of what God sent him for. So. How? Like, how was he able to do that? And you know, obvious answer as well. He was—he was God. Like, you know, people would say, "Well, duh, he's Jesus," and mm-hmm. you know, it was easy for him. But no, he was also—you uh, know—fully know, divine. Yeah, fully, fully divine human. and fully yeah. human. Fully human. So, the thing is, he was secure in his identity. He knew who he was, and he knew what he was here for. He knew he was a beloved son of God. He was the Son of God, and he came here for this mission to uh, reunite us as a lost people with the Father, uh, to reconcile that relationship. So. That's what most of us are missing. Is we're still trying to figure out who we are, right? Through other people, through our jobs, through the culture. Like that's where we try to figure out our identity, and therefore we live in different ways in different periods of our life because we have different things telling us what our identity is, right? I get a new job, and all of a sudden I'm this way because I've got to be this way with these people I'm at work, or or you know I'm I have this group of friends now, and in order to you know be liked or to be you know impress them, I've got to be this way, and I've got to fit in. And so everything in the world, our culture tells us what to wear and what to drive and what to eat and where to live and how to speak, right? And what music is popular at any given time. The world is constantly trying to put things in front of you instead of what God wants of you. And it's trying to say, you know what? you, you know People don't like you like this. You should probably be like that. And if you like them, if, if they like you like that, then, then maybe that's how you should be. But if something else comes out then maybe you should do that because maybe people would like you better. And you see it in high school, right? You see kids just go through, you know, one day they're dressed like a goth, you know, gothic person, and the next mm-hmm. they're preppy, and the next they're like so, skater guy. So let and, me ask you this as we're talking about this. Sure. So
1: what was the attire that you wore in high school that was like the popular attire? Oh, man, I'll tell like
0: you I, I don't know. You know, uh khaki pants and a polo and, you know, like <laughs> Rockford-like boots or whatever, yeah. or something like that. Something that's not cool now, I'm sure. No, it's
1: like we had duckhead pants and like you yeah. know, and like a polo. Sh- that was it. There and was like, black trench coats
0: at one time. I think it was after Young Guns 2 came out. Like everybody wore black trench coats. No, they didn't, they didn't come down to Florida. But yeah, yeah it, was <laughs> well, it was too hot. probably high too hot for, high for yeah. the trench coats. But no, that that's the thing. Like, I think that's the biggest problem we have is like we make this commitment, but a lot of times we don't know who we are. And so it all comes from our identity. We talked about this so many times on this podcast, and I'll continue to talk about it because we can't – like really we can repent all we want to and make a commitment but until we understand that i'm a beloved son of the father and that's what matters and his opinion is the one that matters and he's the one that needs to dictate who i am he created me there's no one out there that knows you better than him and knows who you're supposed to be so why do we go looking in other places for other things to tell us who we should be we have god right there that's willing to tell you all the time i made you for this if you'll just be quiet and silent if you'll get to know me I'll, i'll show you and make you aware of your gifts and put you on the mission that I created you for. Right. I uniquely created you for this purpose, and you're never going to know it when you're finding your identity and, and and living these duplicitous and hypocritical lives. You know, becoming these different people all the time and wearing all these different masks. We are to be like Christ. Yeah. Right. So we have to receive that from Christ and in our faith, uh, we have to become authentic men. You know, secure in who we are, and the only way we do that is by understanding that identity and living it out in our lives and saying, I'm going to make this commitment, but now I'm going to authentically live it in my life. And and so we have to continue to do the things that allow us to do it. You know, we can't sustain this life of wearing masks and, uh, you know, all these other things that that brings with us. I mean, that's why so many people are addicted to things and depressed and and just in a bad place in their life is because it's too much for people to be chameleons, right? To always try to be this different thing for this different group. It's it's the stress of that is overwhelming. And not to mention the the opportunities for rejection that present itself each and every time where you're trying to fit in different things all the time. There's only one place you need to fit in and that's as a beloved son or daughter of, of God the Father. And once you understand that and you make that commitment, you have that repentance, then you can start to authentically live that in your life by saying, It no longer matters to me what other people think or what What other people may um, assume is how I should act or how I should live or that I should be this way to be friends with them or any of that stuff. What should matter is the fact that if I authentically live in the way that Jesus is is prescribed in the Bible, right? Like if you live this way, then you're living in my ways and, and you're going to be with me and my Father in heaven. If that could be enough for us, then we can start to understand, you know, all this other junk I've been carrying around, this mess with... With worrying about what so and so thinks, or fitting in here, or or looking the part, or dressing this way, that that's just a bunch of crap. The devil gets us tied up in to keep us from from uh, from authentically living, like from understanding what Christ wants of us. And it's 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 I honestly believe it's one of the reasons that we have so many people on on uh, pills and antidepressants and all these things is because we're caught up in what the world tells us we should be. Instead of saying, you know what, I know what I'm supposed to be and I know I'm gonna to commit to that and I'm gonna start living that authentically in my life. Do you think like the Pharisees as
1: a whole were pretty depressed individuals? You think like <laughs> if they had antidepressants they probably were a little bit better I don't know. Been, I think those guys were they just would have all been about like buddies with Jesus, maybe if they I, I think know. they
0: were all about themselves. <laughs> I think they like money and they like being in control. It's, and, it was a power thing, yeah. that's what I could see, yeah. Yeah, It's. Just, I mean, right. you look around the country, I mean, look at what's going on in the last week. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there, that's, there's that's no shortage of that in today's world either. And that's why it's so refreshing when you see somebody that's authentically living in a Christian way, right? Like, I love guys like Bill Donny. you know? He's one of my best friends in the world. That guy, what you see is what you get. You know, there's plenty of other people in my life that are like that, you're like that. Deacon Jeff's like that. Um not not too many other people I know. I, it wasn't as long of a list as I thought. I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, there's yeah. people in your life that you can look and you go, man, like, they are who they say they are. And the thing about that is that's what's attractive about it, right? Like, have you ever felt like, man, I don't know what it is about that person, but I, there's something. Like, I just want to be around them or I want to – I wish I could live like they live. And a lot of times it's because we see like that's somebody that's at peace with themselves. That's somebody who knows what they're here for. That isn't concerned with all this junk, you know. Um, you know, wh- I've seen look at all these missionaries that have uh, you know not anything to their name, no money, driving a minivan that's held together by glue and rubber bands, and they're the happiest people in the world. Yeah. Because they know who they are and they know what they're here for and they're living authentically that in their life. And so they don't have to deal with all this other mess that 98% of us deal right. with and we allow into our life. So you know, we have to stop wasting all our time and energy on that stuff and realize we've made that commitment, and now I'm going to start living that out in my life and be who it is that God called me to be, and that needs to be enough because at the end of our, when when this is all over, we're going to have one person to answer to and one opinion that matters, and it's not going to be all these in the world that we concern ourselves with. It's
1: going to be his. And I think what you kind of hit on is it, like make a list of what concerns you identify what concerns you and, and when you It'll look a make long a list. Let's <laughs> make a list of it and then look at yeah. it says, will that benefit me in the future? Does that benefit my family? Does that make me closer to Christ? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you need to cross it out and make sure that that doesn't, you know, control your dictate your day. Sure.
0: And there's a lot of discernment to that. Like there's a it's a spiritual maturity you're talking about. We have to get to that point where we start asking ourselves those questions. Like I know this behavior in my life is not good for me. Now am I going to just know that? or am I going to act on it, right? Am I going to move this out of the way because it's a it's an impediment or it's a, it's a hindrance to me living the way that Christ has called me to live? And that's a spiritual maturity that we all have to work towards, and that's the hope with this show is as we go through these topics. And, you know, guys, we struggle with this. Victor and I both struggle with these type things. This isn't just stuff we're telling everybody else. 90% of what we talk about is stuff that I've dealt with recently in my life or Victor has and we struggle with all the time. And that's why we want to talk about these things here because – There's a lot of places where you can go and hear scripture read and and theological arguments and all these things, but we're all in this together, and we all Mm -hmm. struggle with the same things, and we want this to be a place where you can listen to this and go, man, I'm not alone, and here's some things I can apply to my life, and I do want to live as an authentic uh, Catholic Christian. So let's talk about a couple of those things real quick that we need to do uh, to be able to live authentically. And first, we have to have our actions match our words. Like, we can't just go out and act one way or talk one way and, and then be different. We have to get to the point in our life where we're comfortable in who we are, with our identity, and we live it the same way no matter who we're with and where we are. Uh, Our faith has to become not just a piece of who we are, but everything we are. It has to form and influence every one of our choices and behaviors. There is no selective of, I'm going to be a Catholic here and not there, and I'm going to apply these Catholic values to my life, Christian values to my life when I'm here and not there. It's, you got to be a singular person. We can have no duplicity. We don't want to be hypocrites. We know what Jesus thinks about that. He doesn't agree with it. And he points us very often in scripture away from that behavior. Um, we have to throw away the mask. We have to resolve to be done with that about caring what other people think and conforming and changing ourselves to fit into what somebody else thinks we need to be. There's only one person that knows who we should be and has created us specifically for a purpose in this day and time. And so we have to We have to stop worrying about what other people think and start looking to what God thinks and acting on that and living authentically into that. Um, We also have to look at what's to be gained instead of lost. So often when we think about falling Christ, we think about everything we're gonna lose. Like, right, I can't be myself. I'm gonna lose these friends. I'm gonna lose uh, being able to go to this group or be able to act in this behavior. But we never think about what we're gonna gain. Uh, The greatest friend you're gonna have in your life. The ability to know what it means to truly love peace and joy and hope in your life, mercy in your life, forgiveness in your life. And then the ultimate treasure, to get to spend the rest of your life with the one who loves you more than anybody in this, in this universe. And that's a lot, so, much we, so many times we get caught up in what we're gonna lose instead of what we're gonna gain. And we've gotta flip that perspective because the devil's gonna feed that other one and we need to allow the way that we live authentically, our prayer life, all the things that we talk about on here all the time to, to stay committed. We have to let that inform us of what there is to gain and not to be lost. And then Jesus' motto has to become ours, right? He says, The world must know that I love the Father and I do just as the Father has commanded me. If you start thinking about that in your life, and if you start saying, You know what? I want to live that same way. We're supposed to, we are called and we are supposed to live as Jesus lived. That's a high bar. He's not expecting you to be perfect. He knows we're going to mess up. That's why we have reconciliation and all these other things out there to reconcile us with the Father. But we still need to have that same motto. If you want to be authentic as Jesus was authentic, then we need to start putting the first thing in our life that the world has to know I love the Father. That's why I'm here. I'm supposed to be a disciple. I'm supposed to make disciples. I'm supposed to evangelize. So that's how the world will know I love the Father, and then I have to do everything he commands me and put all this other stuff aside. So if we can do that, then you're going to be well on your way to living this this uh, repentant, committed, authentic life. Um, so guys, let's try to put that in for for what we're working on this week and as we work on it moving forward. And as I said in the beginning of the podcast, you can sign up for Exodus 90. That's going to be another way to start trying to live authentically in your life. You can do that at exodus90.com slash John Edwards. Of course, we talked about becoming a patron. You can do that by going to justaguyinthepew.com uh, slash patron or donate, and you'll be able to do that there. So, But I hear that music, so it's time to take all this to prayer. And in the words of the actress Judy Garland, Always be a first-rate version of yourself and not a second-rate version of someone else. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, it can be so easy to avoid authenticity and slip into a life of hypocrisy. The temptations of the world are many and can cause us to take our eyes off our true identity and purpose. Give us the courage to become who you created us to be no matter the cost. And Father, whenever we feel the fear of, lose, of loss closing in, Remind us what is to be gained by authentically living out our commitment to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.